This is the Ezra Podcast. And we're talking a massive rematch. Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua, number two. In the first fight, of course, that Usyk got some massive upset. Um, winning a decision against Joshua, hurting him in the last round. Doing a lot of things I don't think people thought we were going to be able to do. Avoiding the big shot that people didn't think he was going to be able to avoid. Or just being able to actually be effective in a heavyweight fight. Being able to stay in there in a heavyweight fight. Being able to trade shots in a heavyweight fight. He did a lot of things that I don't think people... I think if people... You know, if you told a person like... If he explained that fight and he said, Okay, he's not going to get hurt in this fight. Right? He's not going to get hurt in this fight at all. I think a lot of people would be like, Okay, then he's going to be in it. He's going to be competitive. He's going to be able to work his game. They'd probably fade for him in the fight, but everyone just kind of assumed that Joshua's going to land and put him to sleep, and he's just going to be too big for him. Fight didn't look that way. Uh, Joshua fought. To me, I wasn't sure what his strategy was. I think he kind of like went in there with an idea, but then kind of had to like fill it out and adjust, and it took him a few rounds to really decide to do anything, right? Kind of just stood in the middle of the ring and was just kind of like looking at almost like match head movement, upper body movement, and a tag and not be tag type fight with Usyk, which was... Of course, not the right strategy. Now, was there things that I saw in the first fight that I did think were useful and could be applied in the second fight? Yes. And I think that that's where I'm going to differ from most people talk about this fight. Because I think most people are favoring Usyk. And they're everything that they thought in the first fight, which is still possible in this fight, they assume it's not possible. They assume that it's going to be Usyk all the way and might even get worse. Now, I could see a situation where it does get worse. But it'll be what Anthony Joshua does, not what Usyk does. Okay? I can see a situation where it gets worse. But I also could see everything that we thought in the first fight, I could see in this fight. So everything we thought going into the first fight, I could still see in this fight. I still think that the, the ways for Anthony Joshua to win in the first fight are still there. And it would just be the mentality and the way he applies his game and how he applies his game that will kind of determine whether he can do it or not, right? So going into this fight, it's a, it's a it's a major fight. Let's let's pull up the fight poster. It's a major fight for Anthony Joshua. Um, I know that let's just talk about the heavyweight landscape right now. You got Deontay Wilder coming back to fight Hellenius, which could be for the WBC belt if Tyson Fury is really retiring, and that's a huge if. Like I told you, that's a that's a salty meal right there. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a meal you got to take with extra salt because. Most likely, it's not telling the truth. Tyson Fury has set a tone to not tell the truth. In these, in uh, basically when he interviews or he says anything or makes any decision, he's tell, not telling the truth. So it could be for WC, WBC belt, uh, Wilder versus Helenus, right? But they're going to give Fury t- uh, two weeks after the Joshua fight to d- make that decision. Or is it one week? One week or two weeks after the Joshua fight to make that decision. Why they're doing that is because I imagine they assume that he's going to come back. I think a lot of people assume that he's going to come back after Usyk and Joshua's decided and fight the winner of this fight. But right now you have Wilder coming back. He's fighting Lainus. It's a good fight. You have AJ Ruiz. Uh, you got, I'm sorry, Andy Ruiz versus Luis Ortiz. Good heavyweight fight. Joe Joyce versus um, Parker, which was a fight that I wasn't extremely excited about when they first made it but now I've been talked into it that's a good fight and you have uh, Usyk versus Joshua and the winner of this if Fury comes back would make the most sense to fight this for undisputed heavyweight champion of the world division's good division's in a very good place a lot of interesting matchups that could come from this but this is a really important fight to decide 
you know, where we're going to go forward in this division. Now, Usyk has to have all the confidence coming into it. You know, just a little background going into this fight. Usyk uh, is from Ukraine. He was uh, in Ukraine when they were, well, currently are still, but was being attacked by Russia. So he was there, and then they granted him uh, an absence. Like, he could be absent from the country of the war right now to fight, to continue his career and uh, have, and uh, go fight Anthony Joshua. So there was, you know, going into the fight, there was a little speculation that maybe this fight wouldn't happen. And maybe Joshua would have to move on and find another opponent. Now, Anthony Joshua, before he fought Usyk, was trying to get a fight with Fury. But Mary Fury had the contract with Deontay Wilder, and then they went to arbitration to see if they had to honor that or if they could find their way around it or if Wilder would take steps to that money. It was a bunch of different scenarios laid out. And so the Fury goes to fight Wilder. Joshua fights Usyk. Fury uh, stops Wilder. Joshua gets uh, loses, of course, the upset to Usyk. Fury goes to fight White. Then he plays the whole game where he's going to retire. He's going to fight Nagano. He's going to fight um, Jasora. And now Joshua is, you know, a big moment in his career. A big moment because he just signed also like a big deal with DAZN. And, you know, they would really like him, you know, really need him to win this fight. Not that they need him. Not that Joshua's going to lose some massive star power because he loses this fight. But it definitely won't be what it could be if he wins this fight. Now, like I said, in the first fight, I feel like Joshua came out and wasn't 100% sure what he wanted to do. Wasn't 100% sure if he was going to come and apply the pressure or if he was going to try to stand back and let Usyk come to him. He kind of just stood in the middle of the ring and allowed Usyk to do whatever he wants, right? And allow him to move around him and be able to pick his angles, right? And didn't force him in any direction. Now, there were points where Joshua um, would take a step back and Usyk would would have to step into range. I think that's the most important part for Joshua in this fight. I think stepping back and making Usyk cover that range and get into position to punch could be very important. Now, I was challenged with this idea that Joshua didn't have the foot speed to do that. I don't think you necessarily need the foot speed to do that. I don't think that that's necessarily because you take a step back, you have to be very fast on your feet or faster than your opponent with your feet. I don't think that. It's all about range. And how are you at keeping range? And if you're able to... Keep a certain distance that allows you to read Usyk as he, Joshua allows Joshua to read Usyk as he's coming in, and he could take a step back and catch him coming in. Right, allow uh, make Usyk come into your punching range to create his offense with the Joshua's power, right, and his height, and he's punching down. Remember, on Usyk, he's punching down. That could be very effective. It could be very effective and could make Usyk, you know, kind of have to figure out how he's going to get in the inside safely. Because don't forget, nothing's changed. He, Usyk's still a smaller man. Okay, He's still a smaller man, and Joshua still has that power. Usyk didn't really prove that, oh, that he can't be hurt. No, that wasn't the case. That's not what he proved in the first fight. So I still think that that power threat is still a big thing, and it still could be used for Joshua. And it doesn't mean he could just has to uh, bum rush Usyk, which I think a lot of people are kind of suggesting, that he just has to bum rush him. He has to fight like Shizora. I heard even Maidana, those things, like he's going to fight this way. Those are styles that... Those guys have perfected because their body can do those styles. That's the way they've been fighting their whole life. You're not going to teach Joshua to fight like that. You've got to do with what Joshua has. And Joshua isn't a, kind of a, a bum rush type guy. Now, he can go and find the inside, but his that's not really his game. It just really isn't. Now, he can move in and place his shots very well. I think I, that's what I like about Joshua. Is it, it, I like when he's placing his shots. The power, the 
timing for being so big, the athleticism for being so big, I think that's where I think he's best at. So I'm not saying that don't push Usyk back. Yeah, push Usyk back. But if you're just going to go forward on Usyk the whole time, right, and be predictable, he's too skilled for that. He's going to start timing you, and he's going to start walking you into some big shots. you got to keep him on balance, and I think that you have to kind of draw him in. And then when he you draw him in, then you can begin to make him pay when he jumps in or tries to jump back right away. Then you can use his back, him going backwards momentum to land in some power shots. Another thing is Joshua was just letting the shots go. Right, it was just kind of like letting the shots go because he was having a hard time hitting Usyk. I don't think he can do that in this fight, and I think that he might have to let go the fact of fighting to win a decision. I think he's gonna have to put meaning behind his shots, and if that means a lower output to do so, I would say I would suggest that. I don't think of just throwing pity pity pat shots just to get contact with Usyk is the right idea. I think you got to make your stuff count. Now, I'm not saying full force and everything, but I'm saying if he throws his jab, it should mean something. If he throws his right hand, it should mean something. He's got to make Usyk pay for every mistake that he makes. And every, even even maybe a mistake, but every time he wants to get into range to have his own offense, right, for him to score, it's got to be a threat. It's got to be a threat that the fight could end at any moment. So, to me, Joshua can either move forward Move backwards, but it's got to be a decision, and he's got to. I think he's got to mix it up. I don't think he could just come straight forward. I don't think he could just go straight backwards. It's got to be a mixed up um, game where Usyk's kind of not able to guess. You know, um, he's got a rhythm of what his style is going to be. Now with Usyk, what is he going to do this fight? Which a lot of times, you know, everything he did in the first fight, and if Joshua fights that way, then that'd be perfect for him. But let's say that Joshua comes forward. With Usyk, their south, he's a southpaw against a righty, he's got to get around the outside foot. He's had no problem doing that in the first fight. He had no problem having the outside foot control in the first fight. I always said that I think when you have a southpaw versus a righty, the guy moving backwards is going to, to me, has the advantage. Because if you're coming forward on him, it's awkward for you because you can't get leg positioning for your forward step. I think if Joshua's going to try to come forward on Usyk, I think it'll be a lot of awkward moments where he kind of gets stuck in a weird range where Usyk can tee off on him. Now, let's say Joshua starts moving backwards, right? And Usyk has to get in on him. Well, that's going to be a lot of feints, right? It's going to be a lot of feints to get Joshua to commit to his first shot, his first or second shot, because Joshua's not going to be able to reload as fast as Usyk will, right? Or when Usyk gets his first step in and Joshua misses with his first or second shot, then Usyk's going to be able to cover that range and make him pay for those things. So it's going to be a lot of of jab steps and uh, jabs to the body, jab to the head and feints. To get Usyk to, I mean, to get Joshua to throw those first two shots. Also, he's gonna have to try to beat him with foot speed, but around the corner, not straight in. He's gonna have to beat him around his front leg, around his front leg. And as you're doing that, you're cutting off the range a little bit. It's slight movements, right? You're coming to the right, and you're not coming straight down the middle, so Joshua can't kill you with his right hand. It's minor adjustments. Now you know that Joshua has Robert Garcia. In the, as his trainer, so you want to see what he's going to do. And people assume that that's a really aggressive style. I think Robert Garcia could train a lot of styles. I forget the, how good of a boxer Mikey was. Forget how good Maidana even became a boxer in the middle of the ring. I think he's going to, the Joshua will be the boxer puncher in this fight, but I don't think that he's going to have the upper body movement that he tried to match Usyk with. I thought that was a huge mistake. I didn't think he was fast enough to do it, coordinated enough to do it. And I thought Usyk was really making him pay for that. And it was really taken away from his offense. I think Joshua has to fight a more, more upright style with a higher tight guard. Because I think he needs to let 
not react to what Usyk's doing, not react to his feints, or not react to when Usyk jumps in or his punches landing. He needs to land on his arm, and he needs to be the big man in this fight, and not be afraid. Not be afraid of everything Usyk's doing. Right, let him land on your arms. Show him you're the big man. March him down. Take a step back and use your height. Make him come into that range. But I do believe that when Joshua was kind of trying to match the upper body movement, that was really costing him that fight. He's not going to be able to do that with Usyk. Usyk's too coordinated, too fast. He's too smooth with his legs. That Joshua, when he does that, he, it takes him too long to get back to. He's not going to counter off of it. So it's just no point. It's just he's at a position where, like we were talking about Tiafimo, and he's against the ropes, and he's in a bad range for it, and he's not can't, not even able to counter off it. You just kind of know, like, okay, I could just punch at him. Maybe defensively he'll be ready for it, but I know offensively nothing's coming. And that's what it was like when Joshua was moving his upper body like that. Defensively, okay, maybe that was effective. Not really in that fight, but... Usyk also knows that he's planted and he's not moving anywhere. I could just let go wherever I want to let go at this moment because he's stuck in a defensive position. Joshua doesn't want to be like that in this fight. He just wants his hands up. He wants to stay tall. He wants to make Usyk earn that range and earn his points in this fight. I think that if it goes to decision, I favor Usyk in the fight. If Joshua bum rushes the whole time and just kind of comes forward and thinks he's going to be a big man and get all his power shots in, I'm a favor of Usyk to get a stoppage in the fight. Now, I think if Joshua can mix it up, he can move backwards, make Usyk try to get in to get his score scoring, and then be able to push him back at times, right, and put the power on him and put him in situations that he, where he has to be defensive, I think the fight gets very interesting. Now, I am leaning Usyk in this fight. I, I, I Going into when I was studying it, I thought, I was like, I see a lot of ways Joshua can win this fight, but it would take... It would take a, a really great performance for Joshua to get this W. I really believe that. It would take um really disciplined performance. A, a really, you know, on top of his game and thinking every round. And I just worry about the cardio late in this fight. That even if Joshua is competitive, but if he doesn't hurt Usyk early or land something devastating in the middle of the fight, I think the, if they're close going towards the end, I'm always going to favor Usyk to pull that out. I'm going to take Usyk a decision in this fight. I think Joshua's not going to um, bum rush him. I don't think he's going to fight with that strategy. Just can't see him just developing that right away. And if he does, I'm telling him, I'm going to pick Usyk by stoppage. If that's what his strategy is. But I think Joshua's going to use a few different things. I think he's going to fight taller. He's going to look to put more on his shots. But I think it'll be close. It'll be competitive in the first half. I think Usyk will take control in the second half. I think his footwork. I think Joshua will not have the... Not not have the um, cardio to keep up with the Usyk, and especially like, just even the thinking pro- process of it. I just think it'll be too much for him. And when it gets tight and it gets and Usyk's able to land and maybe land some flurries late, I think Joshua will begin to wilt mentally, physically at that point. And I'm gonna take Usyk to take the fight in the second half, retain the belts. Very interesting. To see if Fury comes out of retirement to fight him. I really believe that that's a major possibility. But if not. If Wilder gets his W and they can match match him up with Usyk, that'd be a very interesting fight. Or if Joe Joyce gets his W against uh, Parker, and that'd be a really interesting matchup as well. Especially since they fought like an amateur-ish type fight. You know, it's whatever you want to call that uh, World Series of Boxing thing. But I'm going to take Usyk in this fight. I, I think Joshua will still have a lot of interesting fights after it, right? I think he still has a lot of interesting matchups. still think he's a, he's a big star. And the heavyweight divisions kind of has a bunch of a bunch of uh, guys that I think like Dubois, Joe Joyce, 
You could do the um, Joseph Parker rematch if Parker wins. If they somehow could figure out Joshua Wilder, that's a massive fight. Probably bigger than even Usyk uh, Fury, if we're being honest. Even if Usyk wins and fights Fury, I think Joshua Wilder would still be bigger. So I'm saying he's going to have star power after this. It's not like, oh, he's going to be done and everything like that. No, I think he'll still have plenty of opportunities to still make a lot of money and still have very important fights to build on his resume. This just might be the worst matchup for him, honestly. But if he could pull it off and land a big shot and get Usyk out of there, I mean, it'll be a humongous victory and he'll be in a great position for a massive fight with Fury or a massive fight with Wilder or a massive fight with Joe Joyce. And he'll be on top of the heavyweight division. If Fury really is retired. And if Fury comes back, he'll have a great opportunity to be, you know, the greatest heavyweight of our era right now. Of this gen- like this generation of heavyweights. He'll he'll be able to be on top if he could get Fury out of there. So, huge, huge, huge fight. Massive fight. We're going to see how it plays out. Later on that night, we have two cards, but this t- I'm only going to talk about one. Because the other one doesn't interest me that much. We have Broner versus Figueroa. But the news today that Broner had to pull out of the Figueroa, uh, Figueroa fight because he uh, has some mental health issues. Now, I did want to touch on this real quick. I think this is becoming a, you know, it's a bigger thing in sports today. It's the biggest, bigger thing in the world today. The people acknowledging their mental health and uh, the issues that they're having with it and, you know, wanting to address it and, and you know, just just speak up about it right and Broner did that today and I think people thought oh he wasn't going to make weight or you know he was afraid or whatever they thought the thing is like in mental health he's what is he saying right he's saying I'm not mentally fit enough to fight that's what he's saying and the proof I have in that is that he pulled out of the fight I don't know what else I don't know how he's lying if he's doing exactly what he's saying he has to do he's not lying if you're saying I'm not mentally fit enough to fight and you pull out the actual fight, then yes, you are proving yourself correct. I don't understand why people get so furious about these things or get so bothered by these things or want these people to be liars. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I'm guilty of it because I remember when Ryan Garcia pulled out of the Fortuna fight. I, to me, I was thinking, oh, he was, you know, Golden Boy wasn't having... Uh, the the making the best decision at that point, I guess, for their fighters. And I thought that, you know, Canelo left. C- Ryan was with Canelo. Maybe he wants out now, and maybe he'll pull something like this to get out of that contract, right? Maybe he doesn't want to fight under the terms that he was with Golden Boy at that time. That was, I guess, the cynic in me, right? Now, after hearing Ryan Garcia's side and him coming back and obviously fighting with Golden Boy and everything like that, I do believe that he was going through some mental issues. And... I guess my what the way I took it from that point was if you pull out of a fight, you ain't getting paid, right? You pull out of a fight and you say the mental issues, then that is what it is. Well, how can I say anything different? It's not like you're getting paid. It's not like you're pulling one on us. So I don't know why I'm bothered by it. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, it doesn't really affect you, honestly. Broner's not fighting this weekend. None of that affects you. No one is saying that you have to crown him a victory, crown him a winner of that, that night. Because of his mental issues. No one's saying that. He's just not competing this weekend. It really doesn't affect you at all. Whether you believe him or not. It does not affect you at all. So that's the way I'm treated. Okay, Broner decided he's not going to fight this weekend. He's doing what's best for him personally. That's the right decision for him. So now I'm going to talk about the fight that's actually going to happen. 
Figueroa versus Lipinets, which is a hell of a replacement. Honestly, Lipinets is a better fighter than Broner right now. And he's a hell of a lot tougher to fight Figueroa. And Figueroa is actually in very, very tough in this fight. He is um he's in a fight that I, I kind of feel for him, right? Because you would think Broner is a bigger name. He's definitely not at his best anymore. He's definitely more beatable. And, you, you know, you have to think that he's probably feeling good because he's coming back to 140 and Broner's coming back to 140. So it was just to and the, the, the tension that fight was going to get. It was a good opportunity for Figaro to get back in, in the spotlight and get his name back out there and get a, a good win. It was a good opportunity for it. Against Lipinets, it's a guy that's not as known. Way tougher. Way more, uh, way closer to his prime. And he's back in a weight where he was actually really effective. And when he went to 147, he was less effective, but not as less effective as Figueroa was. Not as less effective as Broner was. Right? He, he's actually still competitive with guys at 147. So he's coming down, and Figueroa's in a, a tough, tough matchup. And I can't see him winning it. I'll be honest with you. Figueroa, last time I seen him against... um. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, who he fought. But he was he looked shot. I mean, he honestly, he was defensively, he, he's always been a, kind of a mess, but he was just didn't have the legs to get at least past the dangerous range. He was kind of doing the same robotic movement over and over. His power is just not there at 147. We'll have to see if his power was there at 140. You really don't have enough proof to say that he even has power at 140. And he just doesn't look like he can... You know, he's definitely been feeling the shots more than he was before in his career. He just does, doesn't look like he has it anymore. And Lipinets, to me, at 140, is still a threat. At 147, he was just too small. It was just really undersized. But at 140, he's a threat, and he's a contender, and he's going to be really a hard out for a lot of people. I think Figueroa is going to get chopped up in this fight. I think Figueroa is going to get stopped in this fight. I think Lipinets... Uh, stumbled on a great opportunity for his career. I think he's really going to put it on Figueroa. I think Figueroa is going to walk into a lot of his shots, and I think that's at a point, fourth or fifth round, they're really going to mean start meaning a lot more. And you're going to see that Figueroa is going to start to wilt from the shots that Lipinets is landing. Who Lipinets, who isn't greedy with his shots at all, and if he's landing, he's really going to keep landing. I think he'll get the stoppage in this fight. I'm going to say around the sixth, seventh round, I can see a corner stoppage. I see a ref stoppage or a doctor stoppage. That's why I'm going to go about it. Now, on the undercard is really where I think everybody's more interested. And this could be a huge night. And I have to I have to say this for my boy Broadway. This could be the, maybe the biggest night for Dominican boxing ever. So, I don't know if you knew the storyline going in. But you have two guys that could win world titles. Legit world titles. in Albert Puello and Hector Garcia. They can win legit world titles on the same night. So let's get to the Albert Puello versus Akhmedov fight. Now, Akhmedov, who is a contender, you know, came up short in all the big step-up fights against a guy like Barrios, right? Well, no, in one step, big step, not all step-up, one step-up fight, Barrios, right? That was two guys competing to see, you know, who's going to get to the next level and Barrios won it. It definitely got... You know, it was definitely a competitive fight, but I think it kind of showed Akhmedov, you know, just a little bit of the holes in his game that might be limitations and physically limitations, too, that might not be able to get to that top level. Now, a guy like Poilo, who 
you see things that you could be like, oh, that could be special. But then you see other things like he's kind of flat-footed, kind of gives up his range, kind of gives up, like, doesn't make people earn their range. Like, you can get on the inside of him. If you want to get inside of Puello, you can't. Now, you will probably take uh, a lot of shots to do it, and Puello, the southpaw, uh, it's, it's kind of pinpoint. He's kind of a sniper with the shots. But you could get in on him. You could force him against the ropes. You could rough him up. That's not the, He's kind of flat-footed. I don't really think he has the best legs. But when he can get the distance and create the distance, a lot of times it's off like he'll hold the ref will break you up and you're just going to have to walk through three or four shots to get back in on him. But you can get back in on him. He's not going to keep the range of his legs. Now, Akhmedov wants to get on the inside of him, but he often gets stuck. In that mid-range. And he's not active enough to me with his legs. Or active enough with his punches. To really be the effective. As effective as he wants to be and needs to be. No. Puello. Like I said could be roughed up. He's a southpaw. Akhmedov's a southpaw. And Akhmedov. All the other guys have seen him. like Especially like Barrios. Are orthodox. And maybe that's why he had a hard time. Like I said. When a guy's coming forward. The guy moving backwards. To me has the advantage. When it's southpaw orthodox. Well, since they're both southpaw with Puello and Akhmedov, maybe Akhmedov's not going to have that issue. He's not going to get stopped in that mid-range. Maybe he's going to be able to get in and work. And like I said, Puello will let you do that. This could be a very entertaining fight. Matchup-wise, I think this could be a, a offensive fight, but it could also turn very ugly with a lot of holding, a lot of smothering. And with Puello just kind of ripping Akhmedov in that mid-range. I'm going to take Puello by decision in this fight. I think Akhmedov might have some interesting points, but I just don't think he'll be active enough or, you know, uh, consistent enough in the fight to win a decision. I think Puello will be, uh, I think Broadway's going to be very happy about Puello winning the, the uh, junior welterweight title, WBA. And then you got Robert Gutierrez versus Hector Garcia. Now, Gutierrez is actually kind of interesting. Hector Garcia is actually very interesting as well. See, Hector Garcia is here because he upset Chris Colbert, right? And the Chris Colbert fight was a short notice fight where Hector Garcia was never going to get that that opportunity. wasn't going to get that opportunity. wasn't in place to get the opportunity, but he had to step in and he take full advantage. And you seem like Chris Colbert kind of uh, didn't have really much respect for him and didn't think much of his game. So he thought he was just going to kind of get him out of there. It's really what he fought. Like if he was just going to overpressure Hector Garcia and he would just wilt under it. But Hector Garcia didn't do that and only got better in that fight and ends up dropping Chris Colbert. And just really putting it on him. And at points where Chris Colbert at the second half of the fight doesn't really even go for the win in the fight. Now, Roger Gutierrez is a guy that had two step-up opportunities, lost both of them. Worked his way back. um, Fought Rene Alvarado for the second time. He beats him in a very entertaining fight. Fights for a third time, and he kind of just outpoints him in that fight. Now, I'm not... I don't think Roger Gutierrez is a special fighter by any means. I'm not even sure Hector Garcia is a special fighter by any means. But Hector Garcia is skilled. And he does things that a high level fighter would do he he looks like a he's a pro he's a professional i don't see a lot of weaknesses in his game i just don't see a lot of like greatness in his game either roger gutierrez i see a lot of mistakes i don't see any physical gifts and his style of like that hand down shoulder roll situation that isn't really that effective but he likes to do it i just think that he's just not going to be in this fight i think hector garcia is going to be Almost schooling him in this fight. Now, Hector Garcia does have a habit of being willing to go to war and trade. I think that would be Roger Gutierrez's kind of like best opportunity in this fight. Is if Hector Garcia really stays in there and stays in there too long and gets away from his boxing skills and just kind of commits to going to war. Because he will do that. He has that mentality. Gutierrez could take advantage of that. That will be more of a fight that's favorable to him and he'll be able to land some of his wide sweeping shots. 
But if it's kind of just like a boxing match, Garcia's going to win, hands down. I t- I'm going to take Garcia by decision in this fight. Like I said, Hector Garcia's going to have to give Roger Gutierrez some, something in this fight for him to be effective. I don't think he is. I think it would be a really bad decision if he, if he does. I, maybe he'll give it to him at times, but I don't think he'll do it consistently. I think it's going to be a very disciplined performance for Hector Garcia. He'll win his title. It'll be one of the biggest nights in Dominican boxing history, if not the biggest. Broadway's going to be very happy. Maybe I could do a post fight with him, get him on here, and we can talk about it. And just he, you can hear the joy in this man's voice because he is the voice of Dominican boxing. I gave him that name. I, I, I want my credit for it, but it's because I saw that this man really had a passion for it. I didn't know any Dominican boxers, right? I would never pay attention to it. I was never like, oh, look at this guy. He's a Dominican boxer. Never knew that, ever. I know it now because of Broadway. And Broadway has interviewed both these men personally. He has really brought attention to these guys. If you're, he's, uh, if you go to the WBA right now and you go look at the these two men's pictures on there, you'll see Broadway in the middle with the Dominican flag. He really has, you know, he really backs up what he's saying, and he really is the voice of Dominican boxing. And I'll be happy for him if these two guys are able to pull it off, and I think they will be. Navarrete's going to fight this week on top rank. He's going to fight Bias. Um, not going to be a competitive fight. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah, Eduardo Baez, Navarrete, who was in talks to fight Shakur, but didn't seem like Top Rank wanted to pay uh, what Navarrete felt was fair to fight Shakur. That's a decent, decent step up for what Navarrete, uh, the, the names of Navarrete fights at least. And, I, you know, he wanted to pay, be paid accordingly. Top Rank was doing that, so we get another fight like this where he's the big favorite and Eduardo Baez might be in there tough, but I don't expect him to be in there long. The undercard, you got Giovanni um, Sandilian versus Julio Luna. I think that's a competitive fight. Nico Ali Walsh returns against Ray Sanchez. Nico Ali Walsh is, of course, uh, the grandkid to Muhammad Ali and is a you know a favorite on boxing Twitter. If you if you really want to see some funny tweets or you know just kind of some negative takes, then you go to boxing Twitter where Nico Ali Walsh is fighting. I will say this: he's getting better. Yes, he is. He look. He's looking better now. Is he ever going to be a world level? I don't know. I'm not going to say he won't be, but I just probably not. If I had to put money on it, probably not. But he he is getting better. He is looking like, you know, like a legit fighter at least, and he has some serious power. I mean, we can't we we can't brush over that. He has some serious power, and that's if you have something that is, you know, uh, out of the ordinary. That's what it takes to really fight like the highest level, and he has power. So that power is going to mean that he's going to. If he can dedicate the other stuff and just get it respectable, it's going to get him in some uh, some good wins. It's going to get him competitive with guys. I, I just, you know, before we put all this judgment on him, let's, let's just see him progress, right? Let's just, we could be very critical, right? But remember, Conor Ben, people are very critical of him, and people wouldn't never imagine Conor Ben is where he is now. Let's just see where Nico Ali Welsh uh, progresses. I think that, you know, most likely, no. Does he end up being a world championship level? No, I don't think so. But like I said, that power is for real. So that is something you have to think about. That if he, you know, something like that could be a game changer for someone. So we have to see. Just let him develop before we're like super negative on him and all these things. Let's just let it play out. I think it's interesting. I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind that like when he fights, that people pay attention. It's just even people that can't stand him, people pay attention. A top rank knows that. So why they keep putting him on these cards? Why do you think he keeps putting on these cards and he's the opener? Because he draws views. 
That's why. These promoters are not in the business of losing money. So if you don't draw views, they won't put you on there. He draws views. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, like, all those good things. Follow me on Twitter, Ezra Boxing. TikTok, Ezra Boxing. YouTube, Ezra Podcast. Spotify, Apple, Ezra Podcast. Please subscribe, like, review, all those good things. I'll be back for a post-fight of the Anthony Joshua. Post-fight for all these fights, and I'll let you know what we think. Peace.